How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to 19-Year-Old Shrink. This is Will John Grande. Hope that you're hanging in there and getting ready for summer. Today, we are going to talk about habits. Now, I mentioned in the first episode that you should look at me like a filter. I filter out everything that was helpful for me from the experts, and my job is to present you with what I've learned so that you can do the same for yourself. So I'm not going to credit the ideas that I discussed today to myself because these stem from what James Clear, author of Atomic Habits, has discussed in his own work. So I'll just give you my own unique experiences with them. But let's face it, habits are everything. And what I've come to learn is that our life is a direct result of the continuous habits that we have. Because we could all have the right intentions in the world to act in a certain way, but if our actions don't line up with those intentions, the results we see reflect that. So let's reflect on the previous three guests that we've had on and their ability to form consistent habits. So my dad, he alluded to his marathon earlier this year. He described his desire to continue to run even after the marathon. Chris D.T. Gordon described how he adopted the mentality of tag, the attitude of gratitude, while he was in the hospital and beyond because he knew that positivity was the only way to deal with these tough times. Mark Manriquez recognized that he no longer wanted to be chasing that promotion and working the nine to five job, so he shifted his focus towards meditation and living a more fulfilled life. And this is still lived out for him today. Now, what do all three of these people have in common? These three people formed habits based on identity, not goals. Normally, and every single person has done this, I've done this, many people have. I don't care who you are. We form habits that are based on a temporary external influence. So my dad had his marathon in sight, so he wanted to build the habit of running so he could become faster. Chris had a severe health condition and realized that he needed to build the habit of thinking positive for him to get through it. And Mark, realizing he needed to find a new vocation, built the habit of meditating and self-work to become more fulfilled in his life. What separates them is that these external influence have passed and they're still living out the habits they formed during those times. Because we could easily finish the marathon and be like, all right, I'm gonna go get some fast food. We'll give it like two to three months and see where I'm at. Or, okay, I've recovered from the hospitalization, so I don't really need to rely on being positive because I'm doing fine now. Or, okay, I'm no longer working the nine to five, so I'm living a more fulfilled life, so I don't need to work on myself as much anymore and we take our foot off the gas pedal. And this all lies in one simple decision to say either, I want to accomplish this, or I'm the type of person who is this. When we say we want to accomplish something, there's this feeling of a definite ending, whereas our identity carries with us forever. So saying, I'm the type of person who is this, will be more longstanding. Rather than saying, I want to run a marathon, my dad said, I'm a runner. Chris wasn't saying, I want to be positive during the hospitalization. He was saying, I am a positive person. And Mark, rather than saying, I want to find something other than a nine to five job said, I am the type of person who lives a fulfilled life. The success of our habits, good or bad, is tied to the identities to them. So how do we start building identity-based habits? (laughs) First, it's important to recognize how we don't build identity-based habits. So I'm going to give you a little example of my own experience. So if you guys have ever seen me, you're probably not saying, man, that dude is built. Like if you are, thank you. But come on, guys, (laughs) let's be honest here. Just imagine what a cross country runner would look like. And you have me tall and skinny, lean, mean fighting machine. Shout out John Candy. But last year before the pandemic happened, I was like, you know what? 
screw this. <laughs> I want to get jacked. So that day I told my roommate, Will, I want to start going to the gym. <laughs> we ended up going and spending like an hour and a half there. And I was that dude in the gym who was legit just lifting the bar. <laughs> and, and at the time I'm pledging a frat. So you got all these guys that I know lifting these crazy weights. And I'm out here just plugging away with that 45 pound monster. I look over at Will and I'm like, yo, dude, can you just add some weights? Because we got to do better than 45. And ultimately, we got to the point where I couldn't even lift the bar on the first day. He was doing a great job teaching me, but after two weeks, I was burning out and I just stopped going to the gym. And this is because I was too focused on the goal of getting jacked instead of being the person that goes to the gym. As Jane Clear puts it, you have to standardize before you optimize. And by standardize, he means really, really breaking your habit down to the simplest form, the first two minutes. He mentioned an experience with one of his readers where they ended up losing 100 pounds. But for the first six weeks, he went to the gym every single day for only five minutes and left. Now, you're probably thinking that's absolutely ridiculous. But what this did for him is that it instilled in him that he's the type of person who goes to the gym every single day. If you've ever run before, simply putting your workout clothes on each day instills in you the identity of a runner. Becoming a reader means reading one page each day to start off. Because breaking something down into five minutes is something that every single person can do. And the reason we fall short in this area all the time is that we have all these big goals and we're led to believe that starting big will be the only way to get to them. And by prioritizing my goal above identity, I started the biggest on the first day and continuously went less and less. Whereas this person prioritized identity and created the habit of showing up and at some point realized he might as well just keep going to the gym longer. And that began the process of him losing 100 pounds. But what if you miss a day? Because we're all human. And this is another one of our biggest downfalls. So one example of this could be with dieting. So, so I did the whole 30 from late December to late January. And I was eating stuff I'd never seen before. My lunch first semester was legit like Tostitos with cheese and banana peppers or the occasional pigs in a blanket. And now I'm eating oatmeal, eggs, and chickpea pasta. But for one of those meals, I slipped up and I called up my dad freaking out. <laughs> I was like, dad, I ate pinto beans. And he was like, yeah, they don't allow legumes on the diet. Calm your ass down, Will. Just remember, never miss twice. This is another one of James Clear's mantras. Never miss twice. Because Whole30, very goal-driven program, which they say, if you eat one thing, then you got to start over. It's a fantastic program. And it led me to eating a lot healthier. But in the moment, I was too focused on the perfection of the program and the goal of completing it that I started thinking about eating like crap again when I messed up once. The all or nothing mentality is what drives our habits downhill. But by attaching an identity to our habits, we become the type of person that never misses twice. But now we've adopted the identity of the type of person that you fill in the blank. This is exactly how the three yes that I've had on so far have come out successful. But obviously I want you guys to take away some tactical advice as well. So James Clear breaks down the four parts of any good or bad habit. So the first part is the cue. So this triggers your brain to initiate a behavior. Second is the craving. So this is like the motivational force behind every habit. Third is the response. So this is the actual habit that you're performing. And lastly is the reward, the end goal of every habit. So let's start with the good habits in your lives. Maybe you want to eat better, sleep more, get better grades, have better performances at work. 
Here's how to make those good habits possible. First is the cue. And to form a good habit, you must make the cue obvious. So I'll give you a perfect example. <laughs> Very simple. So for all you LMU kids that live at PDO, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you are Ralph's frequenters. And so am I. I'm usually there like two to three times a day because I shop like a college kid and get like three things at a time. So I'm going over to self-checkout and I got my eggs, bread, peppers, granola bars, you name it. And the lady with the skull mask stops me and is like, hun, do you want a bag? And you all know the lady with the skull mask, nicest person out there. But when she says that every single time to me, I constantly remember that I forgot my shopping bag from the apartment. And we got like 50 in the closet. So in my head, I'm getting pissed off. But of course, when she asks, I'm like, no, thank you. It's completely fine. Thanks so much. But me being stubborn walks away with like 10 things in my hand to the apartment, which is a really far walk away. People are looking at me, probably wondering who the freak is not bringing a bag with him. But the point is, I didn't make the cue obvious. The bags were all stuffed away in the closet, so the cue to take the shopping bag with me was never out there. So in that moment where I was frustrated, I recognized I needed to make the cue obvious. I began placing the bag near the sliding door so that when I went to the store, I would see it on the way out and remember to take it. Now I was able to make the craving attractive, second step, by recognizing the easier walk I made from the store to my apartment when I did have the grocery bag. Next, I made the response easy by starting off with having a system where every time I got back from the grocery store, I would place the bag in the same spot. Because if I forgot to place it in that same spot, <laughs> that vicious cycle would repeat. And I made the reward satisfying by beginning to associate the grocery bag with an easygoing walk. By me noticing that having the grocery bag made my walk simpler, I became more inclined to repeat the habit over and over again because it was satisfying. Really simple, but this was effective. Now, changing a bad habit. So I mentioned in the first episode my experience with going on too much social media and getting distracted with my phone. And I wanted to wane myself off of it, but that didn't just happen. I needed to apply the four-step process by James Clear to end it. And this is basically the inverse of making a good habit. So cue, make it invisible. My phone was the cue for all the distractions and anxiety from this year, because phones could lead you to every single emotion there is out there. And making sure to make the cue of my phone invisible when necessary was vital. In these situations, you have to evaluate what's the root cause of the issue. And for me, it was the very start of my day. So naturally, I feel like when I wake up, it's the most stressful part of the day, that like first hour. I'm like freaking out. I have all this stuff I got to do. I'm just waking up. I'm tired. And this is when my phone was the worst for me. But I couldn't just put my phone, throw it in a closet and not have it because I needed something to wake me up. I need an alarm clock. But your alarm on your phone can still go off if your phone's on airplane mode. And what airplane mode does is that it makes the cue of emails, texts, social media. It makes it invisible. But I'm still able to wake up because my alarm can still work. Now, as the day goes on, when I have to start doing work, I place my phone in another room. You guys are going to think I'm crazy after this. But the reason I do this is because if I have my phone right next to me, I'm going to check it every couple minutes. But if I move it just a little bit, I never check it. Again, making it invisible. You want to increase the steps to your bad habits and decrease the steps to your good habits. Now you think the phone process would end here, but it doesn't. So at some point in your day, 
you need to check your phone. You have to answer emails, texts, and make sure your family and friends are doing well. But as a way for me to not constantly be checking, I put all the people I text frequently on do not disturb. Don't take it personally, guys. If you make the do not disturb list, you should be flattered. But I check in every hour as opposed to checking in every three minutes and getting distracted continuously. Again, making the queue invisible. And there's one more layer that I have to make the queue invisible. So during the week, the social media apps are deleted. So the reason I do this is because no matter how motivated I am to do work, if the app is downloaded, I'm going to check. That's just human nature. All of us are going to do that. After repetition, our minds become programmed to go to a specific page and click on an app. By deleting the app, when I have the urge, I'm reprogramming my brain to recognize that I can't go on social media. Making the queue invisible. Now, making the craving unattractive. As mentioned in episode one, people love to stay connected, and so do I. But I began realizing, although I'm staying connected with others, I begin comparing myself to other people and distracting myself from the important parts of my life. Now, making the response difficult, step three. Each day that I reprogram my mind to act in a certain way, I'm making the response more difficult. Me deleting social media apps, I no longer have the urge. Lastly, making the reward unsatisfying. I began associating these apps with distraction, whereas in the past, I used to look at them as comforting. And that's how you break a bad habit. Now, there's some very important underlying themes between building good habits and ending bad ones that I've discussed. And that is the idea that we are creatures of our environment, not motivation. My habit of bringing the grocery bag with me revolved solely around how I designed my environment. No matter how motivated I was to bring the bag, if I couldn't design my environment properly, I would still be having those long walks. No matter how motivated I was to not get distracted from social media or text messages, if I didn't delete those apps or go on airplane mode, I would fall back into the same bad habits. Because we all have the same urges and we enjoy proximity and the closest option. If you are trying to eat healthier, you're not making the mistake of eating the bad food that you bought. You're making the mistake of buying that food in the first place and creating an environment that encourages that bad habit. And that's what I did when I was eating like crap. You know, another example, our parents always care about us hanging out with the right people when we're growing up. That's because no matter how motivated we are to be a good person, if we surround ourselves with bad people, then our environment is going to win out. The mistakes aren't being made when we eat the bad food or go on social media. It's our mistakes in designing our environment that causes us to go farther from the identity we're trying to adopt. The mistake isn't me going on social media or checking my texts or my email in the morning. The mistake is being made the night before when I don't put my phone on airplane mode. It's all about environment design. But let's bring it all back. Our habits are everything in our life and the quality of our life is a direct result of the habits that we're consistently practicing every single day. Where many of us fall short is in our failure to become identity-focused versus goal-focused in those habits. And through failing to recognize that, we often start too big because we're trying to accomplish the short-term goal versus the long-term identity. This just leads to the burnout and returning to the unfortunate lack of direction in our lives. That was me going to the gym, wanting to get jacked, and then not getting jacked and being disappointed about it and stopping within two weeks. 
But if we can use the four step plan and design our environment in a way that supports that identity, our success will shift from temporary to longstanding and fulfilling. Hope you guys enjoyed today's talk. If you want to get in touch with me, my Instagram is 19 year old shrink podcast and personal page is WJG 23. I also provided on my podcast page, a link to the James Clear book, Atomic Habits. So feel free to check that out. But I hope you guys have a great rest of your day and take care. Have a good one.